This is Wellness 101, brought to you by the Institute of Natural Health, your home for common sense science-based health care. Here's your host, Dr. T.J. Williams. And welcome to the show, everyone. I am your host, Dr. T.J. With me, as always, is Aaron. Hi. All chipper today. <laughs> so today on the show... We are going to actually address some questions. We get quite a few emails uh, from listeners all over the country that ask various topics, uh, you know, questions on pretty much anything and everything you can imagine. I do my best to respond to each of them, but, you know, sometimes we just get a flood of of questions and topics, um, and we we try to pool them together um, so we can, you know, hopefully address them properly. you know, kind of all at once. I like to I like to put them all in in groups, and, and we've gotten lots and lots and lots of thyroid questions. Um, right, and I think part of that, and we've talked about this, that it you know we've talked about thyroid so often that yeah. um, we have done a lot of thyroid shows. But from our perspective, it makes it difficult then when people come in for a question, and you know, I mean, we can we will respond back by email, but it's also something we can't point them to one specific show because it's hard for us to remember okay did we talk about that in every show did we talk about that which specific shows so we just kind of um went back through and talked about okay what are some of the questions we've repeatedly gotten some general topics that obviously um you know people are still having questions about even though we may have talked may or may not have addressed it you know on previous shows so we just thought all right let's just do a show that just talks about the questions that we get on thyroid well and also not not only that but when, when someone sends a question and says, hey, you know, I've got a thyroid question, this is what it is, I give them an answer, but then I also include all of the episodes that have to do with thyroid. Like, I include, hey, here's some other, here's some other episodes that have to deal specifically with thyroid, and I list off the episode numbers so they can go and check this stuff out for themselves. And I get, you know, that their one question that, you know, they may have to listen to six or seven shows before they actually find the answer to their question. So I, I can see where that can be, you know, a little frustrating, which is why we're, we're going to do this, this Q and a for, for thyroid. And I, I, we got so many questions. Like I picked out ones that I think a have very impactful answers and B we get asked a lot. Like Aaron said, right? general topics, general kind of topics. That. Yeah. But we had this one, so we'll, we'll just get started. We'll jump right in. We had uh, a lady shoot an email, and it was a long email. Condensed down, what we, what we, what we came up with is how do I know that, what my, that my problems are actually thyroid? So how do I know that my problems are actually thyroid? And the, the statement that came after that question was, was, I have seen a doctor and have been given thyroid medications, but my symptoms are still there. Now, so, yeah, and basically her concern was that the doctor got it wrong, yeah. right? I mean, that was in this particular case was she's like, you know, wouldn't I have seen some relief by now? Yeah, that's that's exactly And right. how long does it take and that kind of stuff. But it, it was, yeah, there were a lot a lot more to it, but that was the general gist of it. Yeah, so the, the thing with this is I, I see this all the time in the clinic. It happens so frequently when someone comes in with a thyroid concern and they're like, well, I'm not really sure that I actually have a – a thyroid issue because I've, I'm taking these medications and I've been on them for, you know, sometimes as little as a few months, sometimes as much as 20, 30 years. 
and people are like, I've been on the same medication forever and nothing seems to change and nothing's getting any better. And, you know, many times my question is, well, what, what made you come look for help now? Um, but either way, I want to answer these questions. So how do I know this? Is a, this is a two parter. It, it actually has I'm, I'm going to break this down into these two parts of how do I know what my problem that my problems are actually thyroid. And then the statement of I've seen a doctor and been given thyroid med symptoms are there. So how do you how do I know that my problems are actually thyroid? The short, simple answer to that question, it's so easy, you don't. You don't actually know if they're, they're thyroid. The main reason you don't is because you may have not even been tested adequately. Many times conventional medicine doesn't test enough. Right. Well, I want to, I'm sorry, before you get into that. Sure. You, so you don't even know if you've been tested through functional medicine? Or you don't know if you've only been tested through conventional medicine. Yeah, it's only if you've been tested through conventional medicine is what I'm talking about. Because most of the okay. time people are in my office because conventional medicine has failed them. Okay. They're not in my office because they've been to another functional medicine doctor and it didn't didn't help them. Right, but I mean, okay, so you're not saying that even after we test them for thyroid issues, they still won't know. Oh, no, they will know for certain. Okay, okay. If, like, I just I want to make sure that, yeah, that that was clear. Yeah. If, no. if, if you've only been to a conventional medicine doctor, which is most of us, I mean, you know, like um, for, you know, the majority of my life, that's all I had ever seen. And most of us, that's the boat that we're in. Yeah. So if that if they've tested you for thyroid, you don't know if it's accurate. Correct. If conventional medicine is, is looking at you, you have no clue, mainly because they don't test enough. Typically, conventional medicine, when they test your thyroid and then they test it and they say, oh, no, everything looks fine or you've got a problem. They're really only testing th two things. They're testing your TSH, which, which stands for thyroid stimulating hormone. This is actually a hormone, a brain hormone that's telling your thyroid what to do or how much thyroid hormone to, to make. And then they check this stuff called free T4. Now, the problem with that is T4 is the inactive form of thyroid hormone. We actually have to be able to convert thyroid hormone from T4 into T3. T3 is the biologically active form of thyroid hormone. Now, that conversion takes place in various body tissues. It takes place in the gut, takes place in the liver, and it takes place somewhat in the thyroid. So, Right, so testing for those two parts are assuming that all other aspects of the thyroid and the conversion process are working. Correct. And that's where I'm getting into. There are actually, if you really want to know what your thyroid is doing, there are 10 pieces to the thyroid puzzle that need to be looked at, not just two. Two pieces of a puzzle are, aren't going to give you a good enough picture to see actually what's going on. You need all 10. And then the thing, another thing that I think people don't understand is we need all 10 of those pieces at one time. So if someone went to their doctor three weeks ago and they got two pieces of that puzzle, yes, I'm going to rerun them because I want all of the pieces of the puzzle together at the same time. I don't want to rely on old information. I want to see what's happening right now. Right. And that's specific with thyroid and group together. Yes. I mean, a lot of times if you bring in, you know, we have a lot of patients who come in with three-week-old blood work and we don't have to rerun things Correct. but like, thyroid I is i don't care about your vitamin d three weeks ago right uh, I, if it was low it's going to be low today. <laughs> right this is i just want to make you know it clear that that's you know this is um, specific to the thyroid and the group of thyroid tests that you want to run right so the, that's the short answer you don't know um if your if your problem is actually a thyroid because they haven't probably tested enough and Two, you need, we need all the pieces of the puzzle. Now, if they 
if they've told you that your thyroid is not functioning well enough and that you need medication, the only medication that that they will use is Synthroid or Levothyroxine. It's the same medication. Synthroid is the brand name for Levothyroxine, which is the generic. Um, that's what they're going to give you. And a lot of you out there are taking 0 .088 as a dose. That's the dose that is often started with. You just go, if you're on thyroid medications, just go and look at what your dose is. Most of you, that's your dose. Um, it's the, I think it's the most uh, widely prescribed dose for thyroid medication out there. It's definitely one that we see in our office. Now, there, the, the problem with this approach is that, A, they don't test enough. I think we've been clear with, with the fact that they're not testing enough. And, B, 90% of hypothyroid issues, low-functioning thyroid issues, are actually autoimmune in nature, meaning you have autoimmune thyroid problems or Hashimoto's thyroiditis, all the same thing, right? So we're saying that it's definitely not a thyroid problem if you're dealing with autoimmune thyroid. It's an immune function problem that has gone and attacked your thyroid, and is that's the reason for your thyroid being dysfunctional. Yeah, they're two completely different things. Having um, hypothyroid... You know, in the traditional sense, is completely a completely separate issue than Hashimoto's, which is an immune problem, right? One's yes. a problem with the thyroid, one's a problem with the immune system. Correct. And, so they need to be treated differently. They absolutely need to be treated differently. There is much more that goes into treating someone with autoimmune thyroid than someone that simply has low-functioning thyroid. And the issue with conventional medicine, and I know you may have more to say on this, but the, okay. the issue with conventional medicine on this is that they have one tool in their toolbox. Right. And that's... No matter what your thyroid issue. Right. And that's why they... Te technically, they have two. They have a synthetic form of T3 that they use. Right. That, oh, that, yeah, that's Cytomel. true. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, they're, yeah, Synthroid Levothyroxine is their most common. Correct. Um, but yeah, they do have the T3 also. But they um, they don't have anything to do if you have Hashimoto's. Right. So, I mean, so there's no reason for them to test for it because people get so frustrated. Why aren't they running the full panel? If it's necessary, why wouldn't they run it? Because it will not change the treatment. Right. Their treatment is going to be the same whether those numbers are off or not because they don't have another tool in their toolbox to treat it. Correct. So why would they run it when you don't have any other way to fix it? That test is meaningless to you, right? Correct. And... The, what was it, Mayo Clinic or somebody did a huge survey of, of primary care physicians throughout the country, and they feel ill-equipped to handle any autoimmune condition, condition, any of them. So they're already feeling in, inequipped to be able to handle the issue, mainly because they don't, they don't really understand the cause, because the cause has to do with diet. Right, the cause has to do with food. The cause has to do with dysfunctional gut and dysfunctional immune system. This is a whole different animal than simply, oh, here's your problem, here's your medication. That will never ever fix autoimmune thyroid. Right. It it just won't. Um, it's it's a it's a much more complex issue than that. Um, okay, so we've got to take a break. This is a good place to to stop because when we come back, I want to address the second portion of of this person's question have uh, i've seen a doctor have been given thyroid medications but my symptoms are still there so stick around when we come back we're going to continue th talking about thyroid issues you're listening to wellness 101 
You're listening to Wellness 101, brought to you by the Institute of Natural Health. For more information, visit them online at theinstituteofnaturalhealth.com or by phone 314-293-8123. And welcome back to the show, everyone. If you're just tuning in, today we have been talking about um, thyroid. We're answering, actually, questions that we have received regarding thyroid. Uh, and the first question that we, we got, like I condensed it down to a couple of things. Um, how do I know that my uh, problems are actually thyroid? And two, I have seen a doctor and been given thyroid medications, but my symptoms are still there. So that's the part that we're going to address now is the fact that People, they, they've seen their doctor, but and they're taking medications, but nothing is, you know, changed with regard to their symptoms. Again, this is something else that we see very frequently in our clinic are people who have been suffering with thyroid conditions and the symptoms that go along with it. Now, I just want to take a second here, and I want to talk about some of these symptoms that people experience with thyroid. The first thing that most women say when they think their thyroid is an issue is that they notice that their hair is falling out in clumps okay that's a huge one yeah but i mean we also get weight gain a lot next is tired oh yeah i forgot tired is the a big one the fatigue that hits is like a freight train and third is weight gain but that's not to say if you aren't just absolutely exhausted, it couldn't be thyroid. Correct. Because we get a lot of people who, once they find out they have a thyroid issue, they're like, you know what, I have been more tired. And then once they get it back on track, they can't believe how they were even functioning at that level. But it goes so right. slowly that it doesn't, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. So that's a lot right. of people don't, you know, especially I mean, if you've got kids, you've got a job, you've got other things you're doing, you don't realize how hard it is for you to function until you start feeling better. It's That's just it. It's been this slow, steady decline over time that we often attribute to just all of the stressors that are going, in our, going on in our lives. Plus, a lot of people around you <laughs> may be tired, too. So right. you're just like, oh, this is just... This is normal. Yeah. All this of my is friends just are this the age, same. or this is just having kids, or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. So it's, this is something to really, you know, you've got to tune into yourself and to your own body <clears throat> and and know that that this is not normal. So one of the things that we look at when we're dealing with these thyroid issues that there's there are definitely more things that need to be investigated. People come to me and they think, you know, hey, you know, I just have this simple thyroid issue. I've been diagnosed with it. You know, I just need a different approach to fix the problem. Well, that's not a hundred percent accurate many many times there are other things that are going on and I, I say this people people don't realize that the thyroid doesn't really do anything by itself it doesn't go out and you know it's not responsible for you being tired you can you can do all these things but the thyroid isn't necessarily the reason that someone is tired the thyroid isn't necessarily the reason that someone's hair falls out or their eyebrows thin or their skin gets you know messed up right the something there's other things that are involved the thyroid is often 
the last to the party. And what I mean by that is there's an axis of organs in the body that the thyroid is a part of. And a lot of people, when I say, you know, the HPA axis, the hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis, everybody's like, oh, yeah, I've heard of that. I know what that is. That has to do with adrenal fatigue and and just being really tired. I said, well, there's actually more pieces to that puzzle. It's not just the hypothalamus pituitary adrenal. It's not the HPAG. It's the HPTAG, right? It's the hypothalamus pituitary thyroid adrenal gonad axis. This basically means that every hormone in the body is all related to itself. So if your thyroid hormone is out of balance, you're not making enough, you're not utilizing enough, you can almost with certainty know that some other hormone in your body is going to be out of balance too. Something is off. And when we start digging into that and start really getting into those issues, many times women especially that are having thyroid issues, well, guess what? They've also been suffering with menstrual issues. Either they're, they have terrible cramping, their hormone, they know their hormones are all off. Um, they, you know, have all of these other issues. They're extremely tired and their adrenal hormones are all messed up. Like this, this kind of opens Pandora's box to actually figuring out what's going on with, with someone's hormones. And when one of those issues is present, all of the things in that whole box, the HPA TG box is affected. We can't address one without making sure that the others are there. Because if you have adrenal fatigue, for, for instance, it doesn't matter what I do or what we recommend or really and truly what any doctor does to help your thyroid if your thyroid is, is dysfunctional. If that adrenal issue isn't addressed, you will have constant problems. It's just, that's just the way it is. And a lot of times we can come in and, and make little tweaks on, on helping to balance hormones, sex hormones, or helping to balance out adrenal hormones, and people's thyroids respond instantly. It's quick, and it's, it's fast, and it's, it's not easy. It can be quick and can be fast, but it's not easy. So, you know, I just, we've, we've talked quite a bit here. I mean, almost half the show at this point has been dealing with this one question but this question so this might be a five-part show of questions well i mean we're obviously not going to get to all the questions but this was a this is a question that comes up all the time because so many people they don't understand and well and it hasn't been i mean no one's explaining this i mean you just get a simple test when you go to a normal you know conventional medicine doctor and then you get a nurse calling you and saying everything's fine or actually you need a medication right yeah your thyroid isn't working properly we're going to put you on this medication um but you know, nobody sits down and explains what actually is happening, um, probably because all the tests weren't ran. They're not sure exactly what's happening. No, they have no, they have no clue. <laughs> but they know a number's wrong, and that's what they do when this number is wrong. Yeah, we fix a high, we fix a low. That's right. what we do. And so that's that's where the issue is. So if you're, if you're dealing with any of those types of issues that we just talked about there, all hope is not lost. Right. Find a functional medicine practitioner that can help you. And I... I want to say also, I mean, because I know, you know, it may seem like we're putting down um, conventional medicine doctors. These aren't things that they never knew for the most part. I mean, because TJ's had um, a lot of conversations that I've been present for with other doctors and they've said, 
I had to know that for boards. Like, how do you still remember that? I mean, it was... I I draw it almost daily on my board. But it's not, you know, so we're not saying something that like, if, you know, you talked and they'd be like, I've never heard of that before. But it's just, that's not how their practice goes. I mean, like, that's not, you know, once they That's not how their treatment goes. Right. That's not how their treatment goes. So that's not how, you know, they... Um, they practice in their everyday lives. They don't get into all these other aspects because they only have a treatment for this one part. So that's what they're doing and that's what they are used to, um, you know, to looking at and dealing with. So true. And like, and that's the thing, like, it's not that the knowledge was not present at one time. They just haven't greased the wheels of using that over and over and over again. They're all the time. Some people ask me legal questions and I'm like... Um, you know, like I definitely knew it when I took the bar exam, but that was more years ago than I would like to count at this point. I mean, you know, if you, if it's not your area of law and that's true, even with other areas of litigation, if there aren't things that I'm doing on a daily basis, I have to look it up. Um, I'm just, you know, you ask me about anything that I am currently practicing and I could, you know, write you any sort of, um, memo on, you know, exactly how I do and what I do it. But when it's an off the wall question or something you're not used to practicing, and I think that's true with all of our jobs, you know, that's not, this isn't um, unique to conventional medicine. No, that translates into medicine. And so, and this is why many times I get into conversations with, with various people and, Ultimately, it ends up as, well, how do you remember all of this information? How is it that you know all of this stuff? How is it that you've tied all of these things together? How could you possibly do this? And it's literally just because I use it every day. Right. Every single day, I could have a patient that walks in that has a heart issue. My next patient could be a diabetic. My next one could have a thyroid problem. My next one may have raging autoimmune disease. My next one may have cancer. Like... A cardiologist is only seeing heart people. They have no clue how to actually treat endocrinology disorders, right? Not to mention the fact that I teach on all of those topics that I just said. I teach other doctors how to do this stuff. There's just a level of understanding that comes when you do this day in, day out, day in, day out that you just can't undo. Right. And our practice is different also. You're not seeing the volume of patients that conventional medicine is. They're not, you know, a conventional medicine doctor is not able to spend the amount of time that we spend with patients. So, you know, there's also the fact that if, even if they, you know, remember the answer and could draw it out, they don't have time to do it. They just don't. There's no way they could have as many patients as they have and go through that with every patient. There's just, it's, you know, it's not feasible. So, I mean, our practices are run completely differently. We focus on different things. I mean, that's you know, the basis of the show. It's a whole basis of our clinic. <laughs> right. And and more and more of you are looking for that kind of care because more and more of you are reaching out to functional medicine practitioners. Like I just got an email. Oh, it's probably been a week or maybe two ago. I had a gentleman out in uh, Northern California looking for a specific um, functional medicine type of practice because different functional medicine doctors practice slightly differently. And this person had emailed saying, you know, basically that hope had been lost. They didn't know where to go, didn't know what to do, but just they knew that they couldn't travel to me. And so I found someone out there and I've got, I, I told them, just like I tell anyone, hey, if you go to see this person, let me know what your experience was so, so I can know more about their practice. Right. We refer a lot of people out to other a practitioners. Lot. Yeah. And I got a glowing review of the practice. They were so excited, looking forward to, you know, what 
was was you know what their future had in store and they felt like they were starting to have control of their health again i was so excited for this person like i can't wait to hear the next get the next email saying hey you know what this is this is what's going on and i'm i'm getting better it it never gets old listening to people talk about getting better right and we've said this on the show many times but if you have you know if if you're not in our area and we don't feel like we're the best fit for you we will help you find someone um, that we feel can help you right. because I mean that's what we're here for. Some conditions are just hard to treat at distance. Right. They yeah. just are. Um, okay, we got to take another break. When we come back, I'm going to address another question that we have regarding thyroid. You're listening to Wellness 101. And welcome back to the show, everyone. Today, if you're just tuning in, we are answering questions that we have received um, regarding thyroid. Uh, we get lots and lots of questions about thyroid, and so we decided that we were going to take the time today to answer a couple of those. And I think we've answered one. Um, we're halfway through the <laughs> kind show. Kind of two part, a two-part one, though. Yeah, so yeah it was a two-parter. That was, yeah, good, good point. Um, so we're going to move into the next question. Uh, the next question that we have is, it's actually a great question. Uh, the, it's it said, I'm only 20 years old. Is it even possible to have a thyroid problem at my age? First of all, can I just say, I am floored by the amount of young people who reach out to us. Good for you yeah. for taking control of your health and realizing that, you know what, my parents, the way my parents did it may not have worked. I'm going to, you know, actually go and seek out the answers myself. Um, I'm just really impressed with people who at such a young age are like, you know what, I'm going to, you know, you said you'd help. I'm going to email you and actually see if I can get an answer and figure yep. out what I can do. That's right. And not only that, playing off that point, we I see lots and lots of people who have watched their parents or their grandparents just have horrible end-of-life experiences with all of the medications that were thrown on them. And they've just they watched them go downhill. Right. And they come in. Wanting to avoid that. Yeah. They're like, I don't want that for myself. Yeah. It was horrible to watch. I want to do everything that I can. And a lot of times they're telling me that saying, I don't want my kids to go through what I had to go through with my parents. And I mean, this is huge. This is a, this is a huge shift in medicine. And I, I absolutely love it. Um, I love the fact that people are starting to you know, take responsibility and take control of their, their own health and know that there are things that they can do to help them be optimal health individuals who are, who are, are thriving in life rather than just being a victim of, you know, waiting around until something happens to them or they catch the diabetes or they catch the heart disease and then there's nothing that they can do. That's, that's so false, right? So back to the question at hand, um, I'm 20 years old. Is it even possible to have thyroid problems at my age? The answer is emphatically yes. It is super easy to have thyroid issues at 20 years of old or 20 years of age. Um, we see younger and younger people coming in with more complex health issues every day. They're just 
more and more problems going on. And, you know, I get asked a lot, why do you think that is, TJ? Why do you see sicker patients? Why are your patients sicker and younger and sicker and younger? And really, in all honesty, I think the most simple answer, I think there's, it's a multi-factor answer. I think there's a lot of pieces to this puzzle. Right. I don't think there's one thing that you can really point to. There's not one thing that I can point to, but I can point to one thing that has a huge impact on everyone's health. And it really is important is is becoming more and more apparent and that is the ridiculous standard american diet that is completely full of refined flour and sugar i mean we eat 150 pounds of flour and 132 pounds of sugar or vice versa i might have said that backwards every single year per person that's almost a half a pound of flour and sugar a day like how can we even comprehend that we are going to be healthy if what we're putting in our bodies is just complete garbage? Like, we are not meant to consume that. That is is so inflammatory and creates so many health problems that it's not even funny. Right. I mean, and you can tell I'm kind of sitting here like, um, okay, yeah, I mean, and it is. That's a huge issue, obviously. Um, you know, there are there are issues that we see even when people, you know, are not consuming that much sugar and flour. We see that, you know, I mean, that is the norm. I mean, it just is, especially with younger people, to be honest. But um, there's also, you know, our food sources aren't nearly as good. You know, we've got glyphosate, we've got, um, you know, all of these herbicides and pesticides and genetically modified um, organisms that we know. And and depleted soil that doesn't have nutrient, you know, we have less nutrient dense food. Right. I mean, we're also getting way more vaccinations. And let's just be honest. I mean, we don't know long-term effects. We don't know 100%. And so there are things that we just can't say 100% that we know um, if they're affecting us or not. You know, the air is not, you know, our air quality is not as good. Um, So there are a lot of things that people want to say, well, you know, like GMOs don't affect people or, you know, or these other things they want to say, we know that they're not having an impact. But a lot of this we don't know because it hasn't been around long enough to possibly do any long-term studies. When, when someone tells me, well, we know that this is safe or we know this or that, I, I remind them that 600 years ago we also knew that the earth was flat. So, right. And there was a time that we knew cigarettes were safe and we knew asbestos was safe. I mean, things change. Right. So we, we, we just don't know, and, and there's we're not claiming to know. I know that... There is a lot of information that I don't know. What, I, what I've gathered is that consuming a half a pound of, of flour and sugar every single day is not healthy for us in any way, shape, or form. It adds to the inflammatory fl- fire that's going on in our bodies. And Right, and we've talked about this before, that eating that kind of diet breeds that kind, those kind of cravings, you know? So, I mean, it is a vicious cycle. So it's something that, um, you know, we can quickly lose control over because that's what our body craves. Right. And, and one of the things that we stick with, with that is, is, is gluten has been shown in research to trigger autoimmune condition, right? So if this is true, well, then why are we consuming so much gluten, right? I mean, so many people, once they start to get control of their health, one of the first things that they do is they start to go gluten-free. And I always, when someone shoots me an email like this person did, 
and they're like, you know, how do I know this or that or, you know, whatever question they're asking. And if it has to do with thyroid, I always throw in there, hey, you know what? If you think this is a thyroid issue, one simple thing that you can do while you're waiting to get into your appointment to the doctor that you've chosen to, to go to see is eliminate gluten from your diet 100% for, for eight weeks. For 60 days, cut all gluten out of your diet and see what happens. And I've had people email me back after about four or five weeks and say, holy cow, I've had a huge surge in energy things. I feel so much better. Maybe this isn't a thyroid problem. And that's where I, I wheel in and, and I say, well, actually, it probably is a thyroid problem. We're, um, we're dealing with an immune dysfunction you know, that's attacking your thyroid, you still need to go get this checked. And in fact, if they were going to see a conventional doctor, I say, you know what, you need to go ahead and see that person, but you probably need to find a functional medicine doc that can actually help you with the autoimmunity that is, that is bound to be coming your way. We just, there's so many things that are triggering our immune system to, to attack our, our bodies and, and cause all of this problem for us. And thyroid just gets a, a, a big brunt of the issue because so many women have had thyroid issues and they're out there on social media telling their story of their you know, thyroid struggles and, and their thyroid symptoms. And this, it's affecting so many women that, they, that everyone starts to relate and everyone starts to think, okay, well, then thyroid must be my problem too. When in reality, like I said before, we could be dealing with other hormone issues because thyroid, like I said, is just one hormone. And when one hormone is out of balance, all hormones are out of balance. I mean, Aaron, you, you had your own struggles with, with thyroid and getting your thyroid figured out. I mean, we, we worked for a long time before we actually got this, her thyroid issues dialed in. And I like to think I know what I'm doing. Right. It takes a while. And it's funny because a lot of times people um, are, you know, when they see how I eat, they're just like, is it that big of a deal? You're fine. Like you're doing fine. And I mean, but I know if I don't stick to the plan that um, I feel bad very quickly. Right. You know, I, I use the I use the uh, the the toothbrush analogy or, or cleaning your teeth. Right. Once you get your teeth cleaned. You don't just stop cleaning your teeth, right? You don't just stop. You go to the dentist, you get a you get a cleaning. You don't come home and just not brush your teeth. You continue to brush your teeth. Well, why are we doing this? We're doing this proactively so we we don't have problems down the road. The same can be said for our thyroid issues, right? You get your thyroid under control. You've got to keep doing the things that you need to do so you don't fall off the wagon and create all these other problems because these problems can come back. They were there once. They can happen again. Right. And so we've got to be diligent. Health is not that hard. We just have to do healthy things. It's, it's really fairly simple. It's not that difficult. It's I mean, it's not that complex. It's, it, yeah. it's hard. I yeah. mean, you know, I don't know. I, I, dis <laughs> I disagree. It's not that hard. Um, this is we, we constantly yeah. you know, disagree here. I don't I don't think it's that stopping hard. to eat that much sugar and flour is not an easy task. I, I mean, you, you, you have. You have free will and choice to put on your fork what you put on your fork. You can either choose to put on your fork gluten and sugar, or you can choose not to put gluten and sugar on your fork. The choice is yours. I get it. You get to you get to choose, right? I I, I am a I am a little bit more hard line, and I tell people, you know, my patients, they know TJ's going to tell you exactly how it is. He's not going to sugarcoat it. He's not going to tell you. He's going to say, look, this is the thing that needs to happen in order for you to get well. Period. Cut and dried. Yeah. I, I don't I don't sugarcoat it now. 
I am human. I do understand that it is difficult. That's all I'm saying. It's a struggle. I mean, and I'm someone who took a hard line. I mean, everything that I'm not supposed to eat is out. I mean, and I continue that. But I wouldn't say it was easy. I mean, (laughs) I don't know. Fair enough. All right, we got to take another break. Uh, When we come back, we're going to continue answering questions regarding thyroid. You're listening to Wellness 101. And welcome back to the show. If you're just tuning in today, we have been talking about thyroid. We've actually been answering questions. I thought we would answer a lot more questions than we have, um, but apparently uh, we have a lot to say when it comes to thyroid issues. But we've been answering questions that we've gotten repeatedly from listeners from all over the all over the country to to our podcasts on you know thyroid thyroid related issues so the last the last question i want to get into we might have time for another one i'm not really sure how long it'll take to answer this question but the the question was i heard that thyroid can affect fertility is this true and so short answer to that is yes um diversion as you guys may or may not know women you probably know guys listening to this show you you may not know um fertility is becoming a big issue in this country more and more women are having fertility problems meaning they're having difficulty becoming pregnant we're seeing a rise in um, fertility clinics throughout the country where people are you know having to resort to you know ultimately even IVF um, to to have children and so you know we have a special place in our heart for those individuals um, and I I know that that struggle is real but the answer like I said the short answer to the whether or not thyroid can affect fertility the the short answer is yes it can so yeah and so I mean the first thing I would say and I know you're going to get into exactly how but um but knowing that we I mean, I talk to women all the time and who want to, you know, are going to going to go to a fertility clinic. And, you know, if you haven't been fully evaluated, you could be spending thousands of dollars on treatment that you don't actually need. And that won't right. help you until your thyroid is proper, you know, right. functioning properly. And, and I've also I've also talked to lots and lots of women ab- about that as well. And, you know, I'll be honest, it was never on my radar until it became an issue for us. It was never on my radar that thyroid issues could could cause fertility issues. Well, what really happens is that if you have hypothyroidism, you're, you're low low thyroid function, then the thyroid gland isn't producing enough hormones, or your body's not able to convert them. This is where you know I come in. But if say the body's just not able to produce them, the the low levels of of thyroid hormone can interfere with the release of an egg from the ovary. So it interferes with ovulation, which impairs fertility. Now, with that being said, like, I didn't know until we went through it that thyroid levels need to be, the range is different when you're going through fertility treatments. They need your TSH levels lower. 
Well, if you need your TSH levels lower for fertility, why do we not need our TSH low levels lower in general? Right? The range for TSH is somewhere between 0.5 and 4.5, but for fertility issues, it needs to be below 2.5. That's half. Right? So common sense tells you that there's something significant here in how we're actually measuring thyroid function and whether or not someone has thyroid issues. Because if you have thyroid issues bad enough that it's affecting fertility, but not bad enough that it, you need thyroid medications, we have a problem. There's, a, there's, there's some sort of disconnect. So this just made me, you know, get much deeper off into the weeds. And I've had this conversation with women multiple times. They're like, oh, you know, you know, we talk about my kids, everybody, every parent that has kids, we all, all talk about our kids. And for those of you that don't have kids, I'm sure you're annoyed with us that talk about our kids. And I understand that. Ultimately, what we have here is I have conversations with these women saying, you know, well, I've gone through, you know, you know, various, you know, we're, we're working with a fertility doctor. I'm like, okay, where are you in the stage? Well, we're at this stage. We're at that stage. We're at this. I'm like, okay, has anyone actually taken a dive into your thyroid? Because women, they, they, they go through this, these things called intrauterine in, insemination where they, where they put stuff the the sperm where it needs to be to increase that they start taking all these fertility medications they start doing all of these things before you jump through the you have to jump through hoops before you actually get to IVF and the problem is they fail 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 well that's money spent money spent money spent money spent it starts to get expensive fast when in reality a few hundred dollars could have fixed a thyroid issue and they may have not needed the fertility specialist at all Right, and no one is talking about this elephant in the room, and when I bring that up to them, they're like, "Wait, what do you mean?" I'm like, well, this is extremely important. I know it's extremely important because Aaron and I went through the exact same process, and they're like, "Oh, next thing you know, we're we, you know they're in my office, we're or we're having a consult talking about you know these are the things that you need to do. I will cons- I will consult with people that aren't in, aren't in my area to to help them get a control." And find someone that can help them get control on their thyroid levels. I mean, that's just that's just the way it is. I mean, Aaron, you remember it was not fun going through this and learning this as a as a issue after the fact. Right. Like and I didn't know that I needed to look there. Right. Yeah, right. no, and that's frustrating because um, you know, when you are ready to have children, you're ready to have children. Yeah, so. and you think it's just going to happen, it's going to be easy. And for those of you that are struggling with fertility, I know how hard it is when you know your friends are like, "Oh yeah, well you're just you know going to you know start trying to have a baby in in a month or two, and then two months later they're pregnant, and you know you're just like, well, what in the world? What's wrong with me? How come I'm not?" You know, we're not ha- able to have a baby that easily. I-, I get it. I completely understand. Right. Or we see women with secondary fertility because, you know, having kids can mess up hormones. I mean, they just, they, so we see that happen a lot where they didn't have trouble having one, but then when they go to have a second, it just doesn't happen. Right. Because the first pregnancy triggered their autoimmune right. issues. Right. There's so many things that happen. And it's, just, it's such an intricate balance. Having someone on your team that understands how all of this stuff is put together, how all of these hormones play together matters. And it can, it can be the, you know, it can be the saving grace to help you get the results that you're looking for. So anyway, I, I hope that this information has been, you know, beneficial to, to our listeners out there. And I, I know those of you that, that wrote those questions specifically are, are going to be excited. I will, uh, I will likely be sending you an email saying, Hey, if we addressed your question, on air um 
because I like to let people know, hey, we, we talked to him. I mean, I've got a guy in uh, in the Washington, D.C. area, Rob. He shoots me an email almost every week asking a question about our uh, show. So, uh, Rob, I hear you out there. Um, and I'm sure I'll get, a, I'll get an email about that, too. But if you want more information from us, visit our website, um, inhstl.com. Follow us on uh, Instagram, at uh, inhstl, and Facebook, same, same thing. We're constantly putting information out there. If you have, have a story to share or have questions, please reach out. We'll do our best to, to answer your questions or, or you know, lend you any advice that we possibly can. Um, if you're in the area, you want to give us a phone, uh, a call, our phone number, 314-293-8123, 314-293-8123. Please feel free to reach out. Um, we're, we love to hear from you. But that's about all the time that we have for today. For Aaron, I'm Dr. TJ. This has been Wellness 101. Thanks for listening. Just-